coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. You're not missing anything. That's what she said. <laughs> Pitmaster here, and I'm here with the Doc. John, good to hey, see what you. Hey, what up? And we got a special guest. Um, one of one of my guys. Uh, one of my Pit Ohana. Um, he has, he has, not only is he one of the fighters on the Pit Ohana, he's got a pit gym in, in Salt Lake City. He was on Ultimate Fighter. He was, uh, in the UFC. Now he's in the PFL and he's a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a, that's a that's word. one word. Is that one word? That's one word. Okay. Yeah. He's a hell of a great guy, exciting fighter, talented fighter, huge heart, and he has heavy hair. Heavy hair. I heard about his heavy hair. He has heavy hair. <laughs> I, have, we, I have we, the heaviest. That was the weirdest. Okay, Ramsey Nisham is his name, and everyone knows him. But we're gonna. You guys can see him. He can. He can't see us, but we can see him. So, you're recording, right? Yeah. We're good. Okay. So, what we're gonna talk about is is a few things. The first thing I want to say is, not only am I super proud of him. Because I'm proud of all my guys if they get in a fight. Fighting's the toughest sport in the world. They get in a cage anywhere. I'm proud of them just for doing it. But then they go up. It goes up incre- incrementally on in, in the level of of pride, as in the level of toughness. So not only is he in the UFC now, he's in the PFL, and that's you know that's the top of the line. Um, the weight cut. The, this weight cut um, would have made fucking. Uh, it would have made a, I don't want to, I don't want to get gross, but it would have made like the most people suffering. Think of suffering, and and you you're gonna this is, this is this will come in the dictionary if you think of suffering. He had to lose something stupid like I don't even know how many pounds. How much was like fifteen pounds? Something stupid. I've had plenty of tough weight cuts um, in my coaching career, um, and and. To be honest, out of all the ones I've taken part in or seen, this was not only the most brutal, but it was also the most creative. And to top it off, this is this is like the icing of the cake. HBO sent their crew, camera camera crew for real sports, and it was all about the hazards and the and the ins and outs of, of big weight cuts. They had no idea this was going to be like this. They were just, they picked a fighter. Do you know why they picked you? Because uh, I missed weight last fight. Okay, so because he picked, he missed weight by one pound last, last, last fight. So they picked him, but they had no idea what was in store for them. Because this weight cut was nothing short of epic. You think that's a good word? <laughs> Uh, miserable would be the better word, I think. Yeah, ob- objectively, I'm sure it was mis- miserable, but subjectively, it was epic because it was, it was, I could tell how miserable he was, but it was just, it was, it was full of not only sweating and jumping rope and, and, and grappling and shadow boxing and mid hitting 
and plastic suits. But it also, we threw in, just to add, add uh, icing to the cake, he threw in some kind of stomach ailment, probably brought on by a combination of some bad fish and the weight cut and the electrol, electrolyte imbalance. So he started puking and then, then dry heaving and then puking and dry heaving. So it was, what, it was a miserable, I'd say, 18 hours. What do you think? There was, I mean, it really pushed my will and my willingness to see what I'm willing to go through for this fight. But, like, I feel like my body just rejected it. My body was like, no more weight cutting. It's just done. It's over it. It wants me to be healthy. Yeah. Okay. For all you guys out there, this is, to me, this is the best graphic, um, the best, best visualization for this. Short of the pain and suffering that, that Ramsey obviously, and believe me, I was there, and I saw him suffering. I was, I was closer to stopping it than anyone else there. Um, but, I, but there was something inside of me, and to be honest, I made two calls throughout this weight cut, both to ER docs, and I gave, him, I gave them his, his, his uh, you know, his objective subjective and 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 uh, uh, his uh his pulse and his his blood pressure and they all they both said the same thing they said they don't they think you should keep going and well can you break down the weight cut for us like for our listeners like where did what weight did you start at where were you getting to and where did you run into trouble um, so I started at like 172. I don't know what happened. Can you guys still see me? We yeah, can hear you fine. We can hear you. That's good. Okay. Well, I started at like 172, which is my normal weight cut. And then from there, normally I just do like, uh, 10 pounds the night of, which is pretty, you know, intense sounding, but to be honest, it's not that bad. And I started cutting and then everything was going great. The weight cut was going great. I felt, you know, strong and ready to go. You guys can still hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. No, I was just making sure. Uh, I've just been having some weird technical issues. I don't know. And then so we started going, and then I go up to the room, and I'm sitting there, and I'm starting to feel, to be honest, nauseous uh, way before I started cutting weight. And then by the end of me cutting weight, it really got really, really bad. And then I started like spinning and I was trying to lay down and I tried to have like a sip of water and I just started puking everything up. And it was just some of the most violent pukes I've ever had. And it just started like taking over my body. It was really, it was super painful because you not only being like sick, but dehydrated being sick is like even I think harder maybe like because I was puking and it just was like my there's nothing in my body really to puke and I just spent that whole night doing that didn't sleep one ounce was like every 20 minutes was just on the toilet on the ground and then the next morning I got up and I was like damn I don't even know if I should fight I don't even know what's going on with my body and I went and just checked my weight and I was only one point like four over and I was like well, hell, I'm already here. Might as well just keep going. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's get in the sauna. And I jumped in the sauna and sat there and started sweating. And I barely wasn't able to sweat. 
And then I was still 0. .4 over, and I only had an hour. So I threw on a sauna suit, covered myself in sweet sweat, and then had to have a Coke. I had to have, like, a sip of Coke. I was fighting with everybody. Had a sip of Coke. Who got gave the, you the energy. Coke? To... <laughs> Nobody would give me the Coke. I had to go grab it myself, and I was so mad about it. I was like, give me my damn Coke. And I go walking over there grab it and i just have a little sip of it just to get the like a little sugar in my body and i started just doing some grappling jumped in a hot sauna suit and i was like man i'm still like my hair was all wet and stuff and i was like really if i could shave it there'd be a couple ounces in there just from the water in there and then uh nate ran upstairs grabbed his razors brought him down and my wife just shaved my head and it was some pretty wild crazy <laughs> fighting I don't know stories. It's it's crazy that HBO was there during this wake up, which is absolutely insane. Were they filming you shave your head? That's the best part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they filmed me. They filmed everything. They filmed me like passing out around naked, everything, and me just laying there with a towel on just across my face, and like them like having to put a towel over my junk so they can film. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted. To, he was like pouting about the water. The the, the coke and like so his wife was like she's being bad cop or mean cop and so she said no you can't have it no just tough it out tough it out and you gotta understand his wife is nine and a half months pregnant <laughs> she's like nine and a half months pregnant and she's like sitting there holding his hand while he's in this in this contraption that's like a, a single man sauna just for one person and uh, it's like a little tiny igloo that's a sauna, and only your head comes out, and there's a little hole for your hands. So she's holding his hand, and he wants a soda, so he says no. So she, she, uh, he, she said no, so he gets out, and he goes, I'm getting a soda. So he, wa oh. so he walks over there, grabs the I grab it out, I said, one sip, bro, one sip. And he, like, took <laughs> one sip, and they gave it to me, I threw it away, and it was kind of a, like a fine. And then he walks back over there, and uh, I thought, I think, I don't know who thought of it. Maybe it was him, but I'm going to take credit for it. Um, we thought shaving his head was, was a good idea. I'm taking credit for it, even though it wasn't me that thought of it. Because it sounds like a good coach would think of that. But anyway, <laughs> so, so he shaves his head, and then after all that shit, he walks over with, with probably 20 minutes left. And gets on the scale and he made it. And it was like, holy shit, that was that was an ordeal. Did you make it exactly at weight? No, he was a little under. I was point two under. Yeah. Oh nice. So So I could have kept hair. maybe my hair. I know, <laughs> my locks, I miss them. So it was it was pretty intense. Uh I th I was it thinking It was pretty of, wild. Yeah, it was definitely wild. I, I just kept thinking of stopping or ending it and I just and it was weird because you'd see him and you know you think okay stop it but then i do his pulse i was like shit and then his blood pressure um they told me what that was and that was fine and uh and to be honest when i was doing his pulse i could kind of tell what his blood pressure was because it was his radial pulse i mean if his pulse if his blood pressure was that low he wouldn't even have a radial pulse that's a good uh, poor man's yeah. blood pressure cut yeah so the fact fact and then and then they checked it like in the room, and then they checked it right after, and it was like one one fifteen over seventy. 
So it was like, yeah, it was something shit. super low. And my heart rate was in the 40s, so they're like, you're fine. When was it in the 40s? Because when, when I was trying it, when the doc tried it, it was always in the in the mid to high 60s. Oh, it was in the night The night I was going to sleep. It was oh, in the like night, the okay. high 40s, Yeah, low When you 50s. were like actually cutting and doing stuff, yeah. So Yeah, it was like staying pretty low, though, but I was still working out and stuff, yeah. you know. So it just sounded, it seemed like everything was fine. But he was. You could tell he wasn't, and 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 it was just incredible um, that you know he made the weight, and then you would look at this guy that just went through all this and think he's gonna be fighting in like fucking uh, just a little over twenty four hours. <laughs> I mean, most people wouldn't be walking in the next twenty four hours; they'd be still yeah. bedridden. But you're thinking this guy's fighting like one of the toughest guys in his weight class. In the whole world today, in right about 24 hours, it was like, holy shit. It was like, just, it was hard to think that way, but, but, I mean, but he did. And it was, it was, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience um, that it happened on HBO. I think that was just such a weird coincidence because that was the weirdest weight cut I've ever seen. Um, it was incredible that he, he hung in there the whole time. And it was an up and down, uh, uh, it was just an up and down, like he was like almost dead. It looked like, and he wanted to, you know. I just, just like want to fucking... stop it, and yeah. I was like, dude, f- I can't fuck do this. I was like, fuck it, I'm over this. And then there'd be points where I'm like, no, I can do this. Come on, let's keep doing it. Yeah, and, you and had it was really like good... a constant like battle. You had a really good partner there, uh, Nate. He has, uh, yeah, he has one of his one of his training partners, Nate, who's a he's a fighter himself. He's he's climbing up the ladder. I think the same weight and everything. Um, but, uh, he was, yeah, he shout was, out to Nacho MMA. I would have made it without him. Yeah. He was definitely Instagram. like, uh, he was like right there every step of the way. Like that's what, a, that's a fucking true, uh, partner, you know? And, uh, yeah, I really, he was, he was definitely instrumental in that. He's, uh, um, he's a great partner. We got to get him up for black belt soon. Yeah. He's definitely a great martial artist. He so, fights. He's tough. He's fights anybody on any time frame yeah he's definitely tougher than yeah well okay so after the weight cut which was finished about 11 a.m and then you had to fight the next day leave for the fight about 2 30 when did you go from feeling almost dead to i can take over the world i feel great i'm ready to fight how long from 11 after that 11 o'clock when did you start feeling like a normal human being I don't, I'm still waiting to feel normal again. I'm like still kind of hurting and haven't really been able to eat. And like my stomach's kind of still kind of healing from that. Like when it was fight night, I just feel like when it was time to fight, I just like flip a switch, you know, and I just go into my kill zone and like I don't even care if my body's hurting or whatever. And I'm just like, it's just time to go and I'm hyped up, excited. I'm in that moment. So really like, because even, like, leading up to the fight, I was just eating tons of Tums and drinking, like, soda to, like, try to keep everything kind of calm, you know, my stomach and stuff. And so, the, but once I got out there, it was time to go, and it, it was just fun to be out there in the fight. So you didn't you didn't get, like, but you, I mean, okay, so how long did it go from the fact, from the point where you could barely walk to where you felt at least like you could walk and perform? Oh, it was like a few hours, honestly. 
like once I was able to hold down food and water, I felt like started feeling immediately better. And by the time we went to the, um, like, what is it called? The mock weigh-ins. Yeah. I really felt like myself again, like by like four thirty that night. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So it took about, yeah. But like, it was still, it was just more hard on my stomach to be honest. Like, if it wasn't for the sick thing, the weight cut wouldn't have been a big deal, really. It would have been just kind of another thing. But I wonder if that's like my body just kind of like responding to it. Like, I'm done doing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're done cutting to 55 anyway. Have you uh, had yeah, that reaction sure. to cutting weight before? The vomiting? Yeah, I've had it. Yeah, I've had it a couple of times. It's, it makes me physically ill when I make 55. Like, usually I like gag and start throwing up when I'm on that weight or like when I hit weight. That's probably a that's probably a little bit of a sign. What do you think? Being a doctor, we got a doctor. Yeah, uh, you're a doctor, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> so, have you considered moving weird. up, or will they make you move up? Oh, I know up. I'm on weight when I usually like start gagging. That's when I know my body's at 55. That's, it's probably not great for you, but so are you? <laughs> they'll they'll make you move up next time. Uh, well, I yeah, I decided just I'm never gonna fight that weight again you know i i'm just too big i've outgrown it i don't think ray would let you yeah and especially since like i really didn't make weight this year the first time i missed weight the first time then had to go come back an hour the second time when i missed weight they in new york for some reason they didn't give me an hour so when i missed weight they said nope that's it and then the next time i missed weight had to go for an hour and come back every so it's like I kind of my body really physically isn't that size anymore. There's really nowhere to go after shaving your head either. Wait, wait, <laughs> tell them where you almost went. I don't. I was trying to shave my balls, but Nate wouldn't let me with his razor. Yeah. I was well, like, dude, I'm Middle friend. Eastern, man. I got more hair. We on thought, my balls we thought than he was head. a good buddy. What the hell? Why is he turn? Oh my god! I, yeah, I gotta take back all the shit I said. You got all weird about it, Nate. Come on. Why would wait? Why would Nate want want? He he didn't. He, the problem was the funny thing was he wouldn't mind touching or feeling or doing anything to your balls. He just didn't want to use his shaver. <laughs> that was weird. I don't play. He didn't say I, don't I won't play. shave your balls. He just said not with my razor. All friends have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line though. Oh my that's God. a good line. That was fucking hilarious. That, that was <laughs> but like. That's our only line, I guess. Okay, so then we go. Let's move on to the fight. So we move on to the fight. You fight, you know, the best guy, probably one of the best guys in the in 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 one fifty five in the whole world. Any 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 uh, organization. So boom, you come out, you drop him, like boom, you drop him. Everybody there was like, "Fight's over." Fuck! What the hell? And then you got a little what we we like to call it the pit. You got a little overzealous. So you drop them a little bit. Yeah. So you drop them, and what, what that that second that your your right hand connected with his jaw and he hit the ground. What was the first thought that went in your mind? I was like, it's over. And then I saw him standing up, and I was thinking in my head, I should grapple over throwing punches or jump on him and try to finish it as fast as possible because like I'm not like I didn't want to be in a firefight because you never there's two fights in a night and so I like jumped on him 
trying to get the finish. And then I, once I grabbed his neck, I was hearing him gurgle and I was looking for that mount. And as I was going for that mount, he just slipped it right out there. And, uh, I was, you know, I had like two choices. I could have give up mount and take a shot and probably escape that way or give up my back and gamble to try to escape that way. And I chose to do the back and not give up a shot. And then it, the gamble, you know, ended up costing me and I got choked out. Okay, so now we went from feeling of bliss, right? You think you knock him out, yeah, and then okay. But so tell me this, because the so you 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 made a a tactical error, which is fine. Everybody does. This was a split second sport. This isn't fucking, you know, golf. But okay, so that split second cost you the fight. So you didn't tap. Not only did you not tap, but even more amazing than that was, and I gotta know what was going on in your head. Because the second it the second you woke up after being choked unconscious, you had the biggest smile on your face and you jumped up. You didn't just get up; you jumped up like almost laughing. Like, what were you, what were you thinking then? I was like, "Oh shit, duh!" You know, like, "What, what are you doing, Ramsey?" I was just laughing at myself. I mean, it was just funny, and you know, like, obviously, there's nothing to do at that point but laugh. You just get choked out, and and it's kind of a wild experience and yeah, I was having like a dream. I woke up and I realized where I was. I was like, Oh shit. I just got choked out. And I just started laughing. You know, it's just like, whatever, who, who cares on to the next one. At least I didn't get hit, you know, and I'm healthy, made some great money, get to come home back to the pit and teach everybody some more martial arts and, you know, teach them. That's why we go to Mount instead of give up our back. Hmm. Wow. Okay, Not, I don't hear that attitude very often. You but. never do, and you, you, I think you're the happiest person I've seen after uh, getting choked that I've seen watching <laughs> watching MMA. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Or maybe it was from lack yeah. of oxygen to your brain. But either yeah, way, that was pretty fun. You no. must be a baseline happy guy. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, after the fight, um, like, um, okay, so the smile might have been like he didn't know where he was or anything like that, but no, because. That smile stayed with him all the way, you know, through the the talking in the dress in the in the cage, all the way back to the dressing room, all the way back till the time he changed, and we we went out and we had a little, you know, a little get together at an at a, at an adult arcade where we played, you know, some some shot some pool and played some air hockey and stuff like that, um, and that smile never left him from from the time he got up from the choke. He's just he was like he just loves. Uh, fighting and he's a warrior and he's like fuck i lost this one i'll win the next one and he didn't pout about it he didn't fucking you know he didn't go into a sulking mood or anything he just smiled about it and said fuck it i'll do it next time and that smile never lost his face never lost his face you know it's cool too for me i've i think i've only watched a couple pfl fights but i watched your fight ramsey and i just tuned in to watch your fight and then i ended up watching the entire nice. thing it was really cool like i thought the pfl had a lot of things they do that um, for martial arts that were cool. Even the ref's camera, like uh, the ref's view of the fight that's going on. Um, I liked like the miles per hour too. You see the punches, like how fast people are throwing. And I think those kind of like fun little like numbers are kind of interesting because it's kind of turns it more into a sport and less about like a barbaric, like let's go out there and like fight, you know, like it's more like a little NASCAR-ish than, uh, than like old school UFC one where they're like, losing eyeballs and stuff well also they take out a lot of the drama 
like that you see now going on in in the world of you know professional fighting. Yeah, which is cool. It was more of a sport. You guys, even your, you know, coming right down to what you guys wear, it's more like a jersey. You know, you got your name on it, and it just it, they they have a different flavor to it of a sport, um, the, the sport of martial arts. Yeah, which is kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, I think the what. Oh, and I think, like, the tournament style really makes you, like, draw in as a spectator because after someone wins the fight, instead of being like, oh, what's next for them, you, like, know what's next for that fighter that year, and you're like, oh, I want to follow them because it's easy to follow. Big time, big time. I thought as a spectator it really draws you in because I wasn't planning on watching the whole thing, and I did. I watched it to the end, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool to hear. And that's actually, you know, what's funny is I've had a lot of people say that, and I've actually, like, been getting a lot of recognition for my PFL fights, which is pretty cool. Like, people are like, oh, aren't you in that million-dollar tournament and stuff? So it's cool to see it grow and make it more of a sport of martial arts compared to, like, who can talk more shit and blah, blah, blah. Because when it's just a sport, you get up, and after I got choked out, I laughed, I smiled, I went over and I bowed to uh, Nathan Schultz. I bowed, I shaked hands and bowed to his coaches and shook hands with them because – you know what, they got me that day, you know, respect to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, it is true. And I wish there was more of that. And that's, I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the energy that the promoter, I mean, if you look at the difference, I'm not saying anything about Dana, but he's kind of, you know, he's incinerary. I mean, he'll fucking yell and cuss, a fucking cunt. He, I mean, he cusses out people. I don't think you're going to see Ray Sifu do that. Plus, everyone that fights for Ray Sifu is physically afraid of him. Yeah. So, like, with, with, with Dana, everybody's scared about getting cut from the UFC, and it's all political and this and that, and so there's that game going on. But they know they could kick his butt, so they're just scared financially. But in the yeah. PFL, every single fighter in the PFL is physically scared of getting their ass whipped from, from Ray Sifu. And having that kind of power over over your fighters as a promoter, it must be nice. What do you think? I, I think it actually does work because when he goes, you know, go out there and put on exciting fights, you're like, yes, sir, I will, I promise. I don't want to disappoint you and get kicked in the head by you because yeah. <laughs> we've all seen his most exciting fights ever had. And, you know, it's like coming from a place of – He's like, you know, only one of us is going to win, and that's what he's always kind of telling you. But go out, make it exciting for the fans. And uh, like John like was telling me after the fight, like, don't worry about your wins and losses. You know, he's like, you won't even remember them down the road, but you'll just always be a warrior, and you'll always be tough. And, you know, after hearing things like that all the time in your corner, and I've you know, lost many times before and won – more times than that so that's like all right what adjustments do i have to make and it was an obvious one i'm not a 55er just yeah that was the made, biggest yeah move that, on that was your biggest strategy mistake i mean technically or tactically it was the uh it was you know trying to wrestle them instead of just getting back up or at least at least po posturing up and pounding more um yeah getting the, trying also, to get a choke like, was was your biggest mistake plus gave them a little but but whatever, the biggest, uh, but overall, your biggest, the biggest reason you lost that fight is because you fucking died making, you, you almost died making 155. Yeah. So you were, you were a shell of yourself. I mean, 
So there's that. And, and you then... put another 10 pounds of muscle or 15 pounds on me. I hit someone that hard. They're going to go to sleep, period, instead yeah. of have a chance to wake back up. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a big part. Of it. I thought that I thought the weight cut was the biggest uh, the biggest um, factor in that fight. And, uh, and and just and yeah, then you're going to like when you remember always uh, you're always going to remember like when you're my age or even, you know, 40 or 50, you're going to remember shit, I was a fucking PFL fucking tournament fighter. I was a UFC fighter. I was in the ultimate. You do not remember your wins and losses. You remember you were a fucking fighter, a warrior. And guess who else is going to remember? Your wife. And when your wife, your <laughs> wife remembers that shit and she knows you're the warrior, she's always going to suck yeah. your dick better. Always. <laughs> that's just, all that, that goes without saying. And it's all that matters, really, at the end of the day. Like, sincerely. What do you say? At the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it's so true. Like Ramsey you're going to bed here. with your wife. That's what, it. What stress? You what, what, what gets you? What motivates you to win your fights? Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, for sure. That's a big motivation, 100%. Okay. Well, at least you're the first guy on here that's been completely honest. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it works. What works, works. Yeah, you I can't know. hate it. Yeah. Free I remember freaks, that, break kind it. Of. I kind of remember that. Yeah. And then, too, like you said, I always know I'm a you know tough-ass fighter. And, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, kind of fun. And I get to walk around and... Knowing that, that's just like a confidence builder and exciting. And so getting choked out by some other badass is like, oh, whatever. That dude choked out everybody else that night. So hats off to him. Good job. Move yeah. on. Yeah. You did draw like the number one seed, right? Yeah. That's how – you have a preseason or whatever before these fights that determines where you're at? Yeah, and I didn't even actually get a fight in the whole season. So uh, I – like had a walk over my first one, then missed weight my second one, and then that's uh, the third one was the tournament. Wow! So I didn't, yeah. So I didn't even get a fight. So I basically got uh, my first fight this year was against the number one fifty-five in the world. Wow! Yeah, that's but I mean he's tough, that's and I went out and dropped him. So it's like you know at least I got to pop him in the mouth one time. Yeah, we yeah. got a we got a picture of that up if you can't see it. Yeah, you can't see it. <laughs> um, so what uh, what um, what do you think's next for uh, for you and the PFL? I think Ray is going to keep you, right? I hope so. You know, I would love to stay around, and uh, I had a two year contract, so that was my second year, and you know, I'd love to re-sign with them and move up a weight class, to be honest. And I think at one seventy, I could be the champion. Like I think. Taking the weight cut away from my training is going to help me, like, do more things than just worry about how much I weigh. Like, that's my everyday struggles. Like, how much did I weigh today? How much did I weigh today? And it, it's completely – I'm not even worried about getting strong. I'm not weight training. I'm not doing things I need to do. I'm just straight weight cutting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, when, how far out did you start the weight cut? I start like six weeks out because I was about 185 starting my uh, camp, and then I dropped down to 155. One what? 
155. So I was one. You didn't. So you dropped down to one. So you dropped from 185 to 172, and that's what you were when you hit Vegas, right? Yeah, and then from there I dropped down the rest. Yeah. All right. So now you're going to start at 180, 185, and you'll pretty much be on weight by the time you hit Vegas. Exactly, and then I'll be basically cutting like 10 pounds of water, which is just out of my muscle compared to like cutting water out of like my cells. I feel like once I start getting down, it starts hurting like my stomach and my like organs, my kidneys and stuff start hurting when I get really low. So I think like at 170, I'll be able to just cut water weight from my muscles and, you know, that's easier to rehydrate, I think. Plus you can fight with hair. You'll be able to fight with hair. I'm not a doctor though. Yeah. That's a doctor question. What do you think? I think you're right. I think obviously if you're going to fight at 155, you got to start lower because you can't squeeze that much water out of you. Um, you know, you'd have to cut more muscle weight to make the weight. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, and I think, my, I'm walking around that few percent body fat, and 175 is like, you know, five, six percent body fat for me. You'd have to be, you'd have to lose muscle mass to fight at 155. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. So what did uh when when's the baby due? December third. But I don't know. We'll see. She's uh she looks ready pretty now. big right now. She? Yeah, she's even bigger since we've seen you. Oh yeah. John's not an OB doctor, but he said she's nine and a half months pregnant. So that's <laughs> yeah, pretty damn pregnant. But like, re- <laughs> yeah, legitimately, she looks nine and a half months pregnant. Yeah, so we're like, we're doing baby stuff today and getting things ready and doing all that fun stuff. Is and it, yeah, and training for this fight. I mean, even right up to the end, you were you were you were partaking in planning and, and participating in baby showers and all kind of shit like that, right? Yeah, we actually had our baby shower right before, and I, you know I helped set it up and do everything. My mom was in town, went to the baby shower right after that, left for the fight, and then uh, was running the gym the whole week of the fight and stuff like that, but. I think it's like one of those things when you like train yourself to do a lot of stuff, it doesn't feel like a lot. Like I, uh, when I was at Vegas, like the week of the fight, I was like, had so much, I'm like, usually I'm doing so much that I'm like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm just sitting around. I need to get out of this room and pace around and go see what's happening. Cause I've trained my body. Like running 10 miles for me is not very hard, but for someone that hasn't run a lot, that would be a lot of miles for him. So yeah, so you're so you're uh, ready to have a baby, running a full time martial art, traditional martial arts and fitness gym, and you're training a fight team on the side, and you're competing actively competing as a competitive uh, world class mar- uh, MMA fighter at the same time. That's pretty busy. I'm a, I'm a dad, uh, dog dad too, and a, a dog guy. That's a plus. Yeah, I know. So you got to have dogs. All right. How many more but, fights you know, do you think just, you got? I don't know. I think a lot, man. They're a lot of fun. And that one just didn't even feel like anything in it. I felt like – I feel like 170 is going to be my start as becoming a man. I was late bloomer, and now I'm, like, stepping up to become a man. And I think at 170, if I'm not starving my body, I'm just going to keep filling out and getting stronger and – and feel more comfortable at it, and so I'm kind of excited. I feel like it's like coming into a whole second career, so you know, maybe another like thirty fights. 
Well, since you already got the wrestling background, that's already inbred in your, inbred in your muscle memory, inbred in your DNA. I think when we, you you come up here a few times, we get together a little more. I want you to be known as the fucking knockout puncher too. Just uh, I'm in. Just walking oh. through people, you're gonna be like people are gonna be scared of your left hook, like they are Dan Henderson's right hook. Yeah, and it, you know it's definitely just gonna be a lot more power behind it, and just kind of just step it into my own. Yeah, and then it's time to like become. You a don't man. have to worry about takedowns. You don't have to worry about you know takedown defense. Yeah. You're, that's already built in. That's not going anywhere. Yeah, try to take me down. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, all right, brother. Well, hey, thanks for ha- thanks for coming on. We gotta go uh, do our uh, martial arts stuff in our class. We got Ramsey Nijum here, guys. Make sure you follow him on uh, on Instagram. What is what's your Instagram? Ramsey Nijum. Ramsey Nijum. That was easy. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. All right, Ramsey. Love you, brother. Nice to meet you. Love Ramsey. you, coach. All right, John. Nice to talk to you. Bye. Okay.